This episode of Return to Tradition was brought to you by the Saint Maker Catholic Life Planner Toolkit, a resource using Catholic wisdom and modern science to help you achieve that sanctity God is calling you to. Thousands of Catholics are on the Saint Maker journey, and you can join them with a 90-day risk-free trial offer backed with a 100% refund guarantee. Go to www.thesaintmaker.com forward slash return to tradition to learn more and use promo code return to tradition to save 10%. A story flew under the radar recently that I really wanted to bring to your attention. A man kind of lost it in the Vatican Museum. He damaged priceless ancient artifacts from the Roman Empire. It was generally the example of the ugly American because he wasn't American. These kinds of things happen more often than we'd care to admit, but I want to use this story to point something out that we've all noticed. There's a real problem of real ugliness in the church in our time. You see it with art for the Synod of Synods, which opens itself to parody, like this image, a listener sent to me late last week. But in reality, this ugliness is something to take seriously, since beauty is something that points people to the faith. Let's get into the story. Unfortunately, this all happened mid to late last week, and I think it really does help launch the discussion, even though it looks relatively unrelated to the overall story here. Headline from Reuters, Man Topples Ancient Roman Busts in Vatican Museums. Folks, these are functionally priceless artifacts, and some American tourists started knocking them over, causing mischief and reportedly demanding to see Francis. I hope that wasn't someone watching one of us on this side of the Catholic commentary world, because obviously, folks, that's not how to affect change in the church. If anything, those actions are more symbolic of the people we're fighting against and their program for the church and their counterparts in the secular world especially. Just go back to 2020 and some of the headlines we had back then. It's not actions for those of us who simply want to preserve the faith in all its splendor and grandeur. Here's a couple of facts from that article, though. Quote, A man toppled two ancient Roman busts in the Vatican museums on Wednesday, causing moderate damage before being stopped by staff and arrested, a museum's source said. The source who spoke on condition of anonymity because he was not authorized to discuss an ongoing investigation said the man was in his 50s and had, quote, behaved strangely. He knocked two busts off their pedestals in the museum's Chiaramonte Hall, which houses more than 1,000 pieces and is one of the most important collections of Roman portrait busts. Museum staff restrained the man and Vatican police arrived a few minutes later to arrest him. The two busts were damaged, but not severely, the source said, adding that they already had been taken to the restoration lab in the museums for repair. Pictures taken by the visitors and posted on social media showed the two broken busts lying on the marble floor, and quote. The world has gone mad, and we had an outburst of that in the Vatican, it looks like. But this is really just symbolic of what's really been going on in the church for decades. Prelates have been acting strangely since before the council and felt empowered by the council to do to the church what that man did to some priceless ancient relics. I'll give you an example. After the council, that what you just saw there happen, and even worse, in most parishes around the world. So from Novus Ordo Watch, we get this perfect story that is the perfect example of this. Headline, words fail. Sacred art in Austrian chapel. They must think we're all idiots. And yes, I know Novus Order Watch is a set of a contest website. I don't share their view on if the throne of Peter is occupied or not at the moment, but 
I don't question their orthodoxy either, and I try my best not to cause more divisions among traditional Catholic world by antagonizing set of a contest. There's really no point to, to you know, the rather inflammatory arguments that happen. That having been said, the image that goes with that article looks like someone took red paint and a paint roller and just painted random lines in a chapel. It looks like vandalism, but of course, strictly speaking, it's not a vandalism because it was done on purpose. From their article, quote, what you see in the image is not vandalism. It is much worse. The red doodling on the walls and the ceiling is the work of Austrian artist Otto Zitko, perpetrated in 2003. He was commissioned to deface the holy space like this, apparently by the pastor. The location of this frightful abomination is a side chapel dedicated to St. Andrew the Apostle. That is part of St. Andrew's parish, Sancta Andrea, in Graz, Austria. It lies within the diocese of Graz Sekau, where Bishop Egon Capillary was in charge at the time this blasphemous work was carried out. The diocese, now headed by Mr. Wilhelm Kratzwaschke, is not even ashamed of this profanation of the sacred. On the contrary, they showcase the quote-unquote artwork on their website as part of a page advertising church tours in the diocese. More photos of the professionally vandalized side chapel are available at the following website, which they then have a link to, which is devoted exclusively to the art of St. Andrew's Parish. This explanatory message found on the above-linked page notes that Zitko had been invited to quote-unquote charge the 11-meter-high chapel space with a graphic network, giving it an existentially appealing density. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. No doubt there is something incredibly dense about this, although we suspect it is a bit short on appeal, existential, or otherwise. As for the profound meaning of the doodled lines, the page from the diocese explains, quote, The color and form of the spatial drawing suggest the association of a blazing fire. The biblical images for this range from the burning bush to the Pentecostal fire that sees the apostles. Fire and the spirit are synonymous to indicate the presence of God. There you have it. It's really all very edifying if you're gifted and hip enough to understand it. End quote. And I'm betting that, like you, I'm clearly not gifted enough to understand what they're going for. Give me some Michelangelo any day instead, or the art from the first century even, which is much more simple and primitively done, but still evokes the sacred still bears a sense of holiness to it, which these doodles just simply do not do. But making that art must be a great job if you can get it, since it can't have taken much intellectual energy to craft, unlike actual art from a variety of different traditions, which all involves the artist putting something of themselves into the place they're making. But, you know, this all reminds me of a piece by G.K. Chesterton that I'd honestly been wanting to put on my channel for quite some time. It's just that you know, of my weekend offerings, Chesterton is apparently not that interesting to the audience. So, you know, I've wanted, I've waited on putting it out there, but I'll quote him here from that piece called, Are the Artists Going Mad? In that essay published a hundred years ago, almost to the day, was published in December 1922, 
Not long after he entered the Catholic Church formally, Chesterton notes the destructive nature of secular contemporary art. His words here apply to the stuff we're seeing in modern parishes, which look more and more like dentist's office or strip malls than they do anything sacred at all, and often are filled with abominable modern art that is repulsive to the sense of faith. So quoting Chesterton, Of the artists themselves, of those then that can really be called artists, of such motives and meanings as can really be traced to a true artistic source, I shall try to take account in all fairness later on. But even if it be in originality and courage that they are admirable, it is in servility and cowardice that they are admired. Merely to wish for advanced art is not anarchism. It is simply snobbishness. And snobbishness more vulgar than the vulgarest worship of rank and wealth. For after all, there is at least a low sort of sincerity in that sort of snobbery. Rich people can give their sycophants solid pleasure of a sort for which they can be thanked without falsehood. And it is a shade more honest for men to praise a patron for the champagne and cigars they do enjoy than for the pictures and statues they only pretend to enjoy. But as these great revolutions in art are never patronized by anybody except the very rich, we shall all be relieved to hear that the, the two different types of snobbishness can generally be practiced at the same dinner table. Anyhow, the fashions in these things is almost always some form of other intellectual cowardice. And many eminent persons say to one another, a very interesting experiment or an attempt to approach life from a new angle. When, if they were moved suddenly to candor, they would look at one another and say, are all the artists going mad? <laughs> End quote. Chesterton goes on to blame the artists, and in the secular world that's fair, but going back to that art in the Austrian chapel, the blame falls first on the bishop, who has to authorize, frankly, any changes made to any parish of any significance, and second to the parish priest, who thought it was a good idea to pitch the, to, to the bishop in the first place. I mean, can you imagine? The problem here is, of course, that the bishop and the priests and the artists involved all forgot the most basic Catholic teaching about art. It should point us to God. It should evoke holy things. Benedict XVI described the role of art in a parish in this way in an encyclical some years ago in the following short passage. Quote, The profound connection between beauty and the liturgy should make us attentive to every work of art placed at the service of the celebration. Certainly an important element of sacred art is church architecture, which should highlight the unity of the furnishings of the sanctuary, such as the altar, the crucifix, the tabernacle, the ambo, and the celebrant's chair. Here it is important to remember that the purpose of sacred architecture is to offer the church a fitting space for the celebration of the mysteries of faith, especially the Eucharist. The very nature of a Christian church is defined by the liturgy, which is an assembly of the faithful, ecclesia, who are the living stones of the church. See 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, end quote. So is that art of a red squiggle line appropriate to that purpose? Obviously not. We live in an age where the culture is broadly in the hands of vandals, people who would take our mythologies, our art, our music, our faith, our institutions, and turn them to the service of their own twisted programs. You know, and I don't really blame them for it. That's honestly to be expected of them. What I do blame them for is pushing back so hard against us 
when we point out that beauty is its own good, because beauty reflects God. Beauty is one of the things frequently cited by converts that brings them into the church. I've met many who were like that. Maybe that was you. Because real beauty awakens something inside the person when they encounter it. It awakens that longing for God that is often suppressed by the ugliness and vulgarities of the secular world. You know, maybe, just maybe, that's why the bishops and the priests and the artists who did that to that parish did exactly what they did. It's probably why the artists in the secular world do what they do, too. There's, there's a sense of beauty that has to be knocked into a sleep state because they've imbibed too much of the values of the secular world. It's a pretty big problem in the church right now. Given that the, the state of the synod of synods and the secular program for the church emerging out of pretty much every country right now. But I'm curious, what did you think of this? Let me, what did you drive, what did you, what do you think drove that man in Rome to knock the relics over and then demand vociferously to see Francis? Can you see the linkage between that and that chapel in Austria? Let me know in the comments, please like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help as this sharing these messages on social media that helps enormously as well. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.